Hello, good morning and welcome to Antidote with Rain Lawrence. I'm joined today with Char, do you prefer Charles or Charlene? Either. Charlotte. Either Charlene. Perfect, yeah. nice easy customer. Um, today I'm joined by Charlene of at Charl, my mum's coach, and she empowers mums to take care of their mental health and well-being through fitness and mindset work. Welcome Charlene. Hello, thank you so much. Hello. You're so welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, it's quite early over here in Jamaica. It's about midday where Charles is yeah. and her son is being really quiet and well behaved, um, <laughs> eating his lunch. So we'll just crack on. And if we hear any squeals He's or screams laughing. from that direction, that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to start with um, sort of trying to see the, the difference between you and what's offered in mainstream maternity care so yeah. mainstream maternity care and midwives they like well, in my training I would always hear them tell mums like not just to continue the level of activity that they're at currently and never to start anything new um just stick with what you're accustomed to mm. throughout pregnancy um and don't increase your fitness don't try to increase your fitness level don't try to increase your exercise or activity level what do you think of this advice I personally disagree. So I am a qualified pre and postnatal fitness instructor. And I think like with anything that we do, um, especially in pregnancy, as long as it's safe, as long as, as long as you've done your research and you're being supported, um, then go ahead. So I know when I was pregnant, I um with my first two, I didn't do anything. I literally did what they saw everyone portrays that you do and just sit down and do nothing and I think now um it can have you should do the complete opposite really don't I mean don't go out and train for a marathon you know be sensible but there is nothing wrong with starting yoga and light exercise if you don't do anything plenty of walking um and if you are you know quite into your fitness keep it up Keep it up. I mean, I that will continue to exercise throughout the whole of the pregnancy all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, just make sure, it's, you know, make sure you're supported. Make sure you do your research because trimester two and three, there are certain things that you can't do. And, um, you know, simply just because yeah. your body, you need to protect yeah, exactly. your baby. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't agree with that personally I don't and I think that in my opinion is um to cover themselves rather than look after the well-being of the mum yeah like so much advice in maternity is probably well if they go out and do this and we haven't been said to been seen to have told them not to then they can't blame us yeah Yeah. I I found that it was quite a big motivator being pregnant I was like oh, I actually really want to get out there and move my body and see how it feels and also just try to get a little little bit more fit because, yeah, yeah. it's going to be challenging. Physically and mentally, I mean, we all know pregnancy is like, you know, it turns us upside down physically and mentally. It's, you know, complete overhaul of our whole body. We're growing this human, it affects us. So physically and mentally, exercise is one of the best things that you can do. Definitely. Yeah, I, I was having a little cruise for your Insta and I loved you've got a quote on there. I'm not sure if it's yours or somebody else's about how um, exercise is like the most underrated antidepressant. 
that we've it is well it's a fact have. it's not necessary yeah. it's not a quote it's just it's a not fact. even a quote it's not even an inspirational quote it's, it's just a fact, a fact. <laughs> yeah it is it really is yeah get the endorphins yeah. going and definitely serotonin levels raised all of that awesome. yeah I did a bit of um I did the sort of quite typical pregnancy stuff so like I was doing aqua aerobics with 65 year old women because yeah. I thought you know it's gentle it's in the water I'm still yeah. getting a bit of movement Swimming's great. Um, Swimming's yeah great. I continued yoga continued to walk the dog um did a bit of dance as well because I felt like yeah <laughs> anything for me that doesn't feel like a workout is great <laughs> yeah working out doesn't have to be like a 45 full-on hit 45 minute a full-on hit session exercise doesn't have to be that where you you know you're dying at the end of it exercise is just pushing your body a little bit in order to raise your heart rate that's exercise I love that yeah because yeah, I also noticed another one of your facts or quotes um about the <laughs> I love my like, quote people, <laughs> so good people oh. always sort of um think about how they're going to look after they work mm. out but you you say look think about how you're going to yeah. feel and I always do that because actually the the gains this this hype word of like oh what are the gains mm. you know for me cool. the biggest gain is always how I feel like Mental. I never really Mental. my body never really changes actually yeah. definitely I'm all for that that's what I am about all for that like focus on how you're going to look uh, sorry how you're going to feel before you how you're going to look yeah, because you never feel bad after a workout. Yeah, you might feel tired and need a drink and or a lie down, but you never regret yeah. a workout. No, never, ever, ever. <laughs> I've just started using an app called Fit On. Do you know about? Oh this? yeah, yeah, yeah. Fit On. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's really good. It's been keeping Loads. me active. Yeah, because I I'll just like do a ten minute one or a seven minute one. So yeah. you know, it's not huge amounts of my time. I'm not dying afterwards. <laughs> do still feel achy the next day, but yeah, it's a really good one yeah and um, so you work physically through personal training but also yeah. on mindset which has become a bit of a buzzword over the last, last few years what yeah. is a mindset how how did it how did we all get one uh how do we support how do you support women to improve or adapt theirs so everybody <laughs> everyone's all like everyone's got a mindset from the moment oh, you're born. No. <laughs> okay. because your mindset is what tells you to sit on the sofa and watch Netflix instead of getting up and putting a load of washing, you know, a load of washing yeah. on. Your mindset is what makes you decide whether you're gonna do that extra rep in the gym or quit. Mindset is makes you decide whatever whether you're gonna pursue that business dream that you've had for years or you're gonna stay comfortable in your nine to five job. Mindset is always there. And mindset's positive and negative. And the reason why mindset is massive when it comes to physical exercise is because when you start working out, your mindset in to a point where you have to tell yourself to keep going. If you want to finish that workout, you've got to tell yourself, I've got another two reps, I've got another seven minutes and I'm done. Because let's face it, Nobody enjoys working out when they first work out. And I'm a fit, I'm a personal trainer. And I will be honest, there's times when I think, you know what, I'll, honestly, I'll just look like, because I get up early and do my workouts before the kids get up. And especially now in England, it's like minus two, yeah. three degrees. And dark. And dark. And I'm thinking I could quite easily just sit here, put the telly on and have half an hour on the sofa. 
but I've got to switch my mindset and say get up and get your workout done because then the rest of the day you're going to feel so much better so mindset is everything so how I help mums with their mindset is as mums we're programmed or we have become to um, accept that we come last everybody else and when you're um, trying when you're doing something new in general as a human being your comfort zone will keep you safe you have to push yourself out of that comfort zone so as a mum putting yourself out there and looking after yourself you're going to start to feel mum guilt and on top of that you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone so you have to get your mindset right because otherwise you'll do it a few times and not do it again mm you know, and then you don't okay. see the benefits. So it's, it's all about when you do something new as anyway, you've got to push your mindset. You might, you know, your mind will tell you, no, don't do that because that's strange ground. It's new ground. We've not been there before. Let's stay where we are, where it's comfortable and safe. So, Interesting. Yeah. So you, you mentioned about like the minute we're born, we have one. So yeah. what, like what's the most sort of, um what impacts so for example I've got quite, I think my mindset is errs on towards the side of negativity whereas my friend Amu who's a bit younger she's got no children yet she's Canadian she has a really like positive mindset mm. all the time yeah um so what what yeah you know what what went wrong why is mine so bad why so, is it so- <laughs> this all goes to me this all goes back to society and we all most of us know that from the birth up to the age of about seven is when you're sort of downloading all that information, everything you see, everything you hear, everything you're taught, it's all down. You're basically just downloading everything. You're like a, a blank computer disk downloading everything. And when you get to about seven or eight is when you sort of, you can not complete, but you sort of have, you know, the foundations are laid. So, in general, life, we're portrayed that life is quite negative. You know, that's how things are portrayed and have to retrain your mindset. It's, it's, it is, it is something you have to choose to do and it is a job you have to take on. Like I always used to be, I never used to be grateful for anything. I expected everything in life. Um, I never used to be grateful for anything. And it's just perspective, it's all down to perspective. Your mind's perspective is a huge thing on mindset. Um, but yeah, it's just something you, you, you have to decide to, to change it and work on it. Really sorry. I'm big no, Give me one second. Fun. Let me it's just all real, it. baby. It's all real. I'm <laughs> going to go with a pen while you're at that. <laughs> this is fascinating. Um, I'm thinking about this idea of humans having a negativity bias and I wonder if um Charles agrees with that because we're always told aren't we that like you know we, we, we'll naturally remember things that went wrong or tr- things that were traumatic or horrible much longer and in, in much more depth than we will um remember things that were great and amazing and that went really well um, and we won't remember them with the same clarity or depth or feeling. And we won't remember them for as long. So I think probably we do have a negativity bias, but I wonder how we can overcome that. I found that 
I can't always do it because I you need a level of I can't always do it because you need a level of optimism that, that's there already for it to work but um hi sorry about hello that. that's all right I was just talking about a negativity bias and so there's this theory isn't there that humans naturally err towards like remembering the bad stuff and yeah. just dismissing the good would you agree with that you definitely yeah always always that's what like it's a fact like we always I've always heard a saying that we always complain about the things that we don't like but we never talk about the things we do like like if you go to a restaurant and you have a crap meal or a crap service you, you complain but you never sort of praise if it's good so true yeah and I was thinking about that in terms of like how to improve your mindset would be to like write gratitude lists, think Definitely. about what you're grateful for. Like, and I was just mentioning before you came back that sometimes I think you need a level of optimism and happiness that you're already at for that to be an option. Do you see what I mean? Like if you're super low, it's really, yeah. really hard to actually yeah, yeah. go, well, actually, you know, it's, it's sunny out or I've got food in the fridge. Like yeah, you can't no. even get to that baseline. No, I, I've always, I'm, I, I think I've always been quite an optimistic person and I've always been quite a determined person. Like if I like want something, I will, I will go, out, I'll go for it. Um, I've always been quite optimistic that I will, you know, do things that I want to do. I think, but when you are at a point of lowness, that's different. That's not just um, something you can sort of snap out of you know writing a gratitude list isn't going to be something that will bring your your levels up because you, you're at a state of lowness it's sort of it's different I mean yeah. it's a way to start there's nothing wrong with doing it and you know doing it repetitively might kickstart it's something that can help mm-hmm. um but I do feel like when you're in a state of lowness something you need to do something a bit more effective than just writing a gratitude list but going for a walk or meditating they are things that definitely will help a lot more. Yeah, and that's probably more accessible, isn't it? Like, if you're feeling really low, yeah, you might not be able to go for a walk, but you probably can if you really force yeah, yourself, you if, probably can. If you force yourself or just do some breath work or just... It's hard, I think, when you're at a... a it depends how low we're talking. You know, it depends mm. how low. Are we talking depression low or just low mood? because there's quite a big difference yeah absolutely and it's it's interesting you mention like the the d word depression and whether that because some people see that as clinical depression and some people would just use it in like a more throwaway way do you agree that about that distinction do you think they should yeah and what's what's the difference between a clinically depressed person and someone feeling feeling depressed and being depressed are two different things Mm-hmm. feeling depressed is a feeling you can shake off a feeling like if I feel sad I can I will that will pass and I'll feel happy again if you feel depressed it will pass but if you're depressed you're in a state of depression it's not going to pass uh, well it will there is light at the end of the tunnel but it's not a case of it will just it will pass in a, you know a few hours or um I, I'm a big believer in um, when it came, I've experienced depression myself and it was over a 
a number of months um lasted over a number of months and I think I had, I had to have medication without medication I wouldn't have pulled through because I was I was too far gone if you know what I mean and um, to a point where alternative therapies wouldn't have worked like I tried therapy and like groups and stuff like that and it was it just wasn't working so medication had to be the one for me but there is a massive difference between the two there is, yeah definitely I'm I'm not sure I agree and I've recently okay. read this book um and I'm like waxing lyrical to anyone who listened about this book um do I have it at hand no it's in my bag uh, it's called sexy but psycho how the patriarchy uses women's trauma against them okay and I do I, I agree that there's a distinction like feeling depressed or being depressed yeah the being depressed is more long term yeah um, it's deeper but I'm not sure if medication's the answer simply because you know how the psychiatric model is always telling us oh your symptoms are due to a chemical imbalance in the brain yeah but then they'll never say do a scan or I don't know take some cerebro fluid and say it's this chemical and you've got too much or you've got too little for me for me I I did know I had a chemical imbalance because I have underactive thyroid sorry one second all right will do yeah I'm just on a call but I'll do it yeah no problem sorry Sean yeah all right um in my personal experience I knew I had a chemical imbalance like way before I experienced depression because I have an underactive thyroid so um they can test for a chemical imbalance um because they can test your THC is it THC or is it TCH one of them I know one of them is a chemical yeah that's it so it's the other one yeah so the other one (laughs) it's the same letters just the other way around so they can they can test your TCH levels and that's how they know you're in a chemical imbalance however that's not the only way you can get a chemical imbalance is through experiencing mental illness. I thyroid, and which means that my I don't have a normal hormone release. Um, there's a lot, which is which is in hindsight possibly one of the reasons I experienced depression. Um, because I wasn't. Um, it, it added to it. Um, I wasn't on the right levels of, of thyroid medication um, okay. but I so I agree I agree and I disagree with what you're saying if you're it depends how far how deep you are in uh, mental illness that's I think that's my and what type of mental what mental illness you're experiencing really yeah true because I have I mean, seen like people with bipolar who get stuck on like copious amounts of pharmaceutical drugs and they don't seem to be improving in my eyes. Like uh, drugs are only good for short term. They're only yeah, and a lot of the time 
they just want to say stay yeah. on these for the rest of your no, life no, and go no. yeah no I know yeah. I don't agree they're not a long term fix they were good for me to get me out of that hole to get right. me to a point I could help myself where you could without getting yeah that's mm-hmm. it without that little step using the medication I wouldn't I wouldn't be here now that's how bad it was yeah like Got that's it. the point I was at so as a short term yes medica but not long term no mm-hmm. no no not at all not yeah at all. I, I agree but it seems like they don't often do the testing yeah and say okay it's this specific chemical yeah. that you don't have enough of and they'll just either want you in a a psychiatric unit for months on end or they'll yeah. want you on these drugs for months or yeah. your whole life on end and yeah I don't feel like that's a particularly it's a band-aid it's a plastic it's a band-aid isn't it yeah exactly it's not really uncovering the problem and how it can be fixed and um I mean there's a whole kind of worms we could open um if we really wanted to talk about pharmaceuticals <laughs> and all of that stuff and why they don't yeah. tell you that you can actually fix yourself if you do this, this, and this, yeah. But there we go. Profit off of that. Exactly. There we go. So, but that's maybe yeah. another podcast for another day. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> maybe another six episodes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's so what one. are your fave? Are there like mindset gurus and coaches and speakers and authors? And who are your favourites? Uh, so, I read a lot of spiritual books. Um, mm. That was something that I sort of started doing post cafe post depression but yeah after coming out um I became a very spiritual person very spiritual um, and I experienced a lot of things that didn't make don't make sense even now um so my I do like Deepak Chopra um I do like Jay Shetty um Gabrielle Bernstein some, uh, I did read a lot of her books and they really helped um Eckhart Tolle was actually The Power of Now was a book that I read um and that was a that was the turning point for me The Power of Now that was a turning point for me really great um but yeah so I like them but I also like um an author called Jen Sincero she writes um You're a Badass app um she's got a number of books that, that are all titled You're a Badass um, oh. And they're very no nonsense mindset books that you read it and it's to the point. Like there's no messing about, and it, it, they're really good. I definitely recommend them books. Um, Jensen Chero. Jen, Jensen Chero. I will send you her name after. Yep, I'll put it in the it's show. Felt notes. funny. It's felt funny. Um, but yeah, okay. she's great. Um, and then finally, um, a real, real inspiring lady called Carly Myers who is um she's all about business um but she's very inspiring mum of two who um is just she's a go-getter and a very successful woman um yeah she's a very inspiring woman so they're they're my people really so amazing i'm going to definitely check all those out um, yeah, Deepak Chopra and some of the others i'm already aware of but yeah it does seem like they would be really powerful because our mindset and our minds are just like chattering away mm. all day so we need so if that's negative chat we need to mm. counter it with just other words other spoken words hearing other stuff so or yeah, sometimes but, just quieting it down for a minute just shutting it yeah, up 
Got it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I used. I Thank think Eckhart Tolle has possibly saved my life. That's quite an extreme mm-hmm. statement, but no, no, no. When I'm I'm low, and the only thing I had that I could, you know, that little tiny step I could take was to put some Eckhart Tolle on YouTube. Yeah. And it's so sensible, and it's so like compassionate to our human condition. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one that mm. feels like this. And that is, I can agree with that statement that it saved yeah. your life, definitely. Absolutely. Thanks, Eckhart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice really one. good. <laughs> um, so are there specific mindset, mindset adaptations that come more naturally or that are more desirable when a woman's approaching motherhood for the first or even for subsequent times? Do our mindsets naturally change when we're pregnant? Um, I think subsequent times, yes. Yeah. Um, becoming a mother maybe not because you're stepping into the unknown mm-hmm. um, and although people can tell you all the things you can't you can't um, you can't understand it because you've not been there it's like it's like when somebody tries to explain to you the pain of childbirth yeah. you can't explain it because there's no <laughs> I mean I've ne- honestly I've never given birth okay I've or I've only ever had c-sections Oh, interesting. I've never given birth. But you've laboured or or not? I've laboured once. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so my first daughter was gastroschisis. So she was born with all of her intestines out. Mm. And because of that, it it was a worry that it would get caught. And I was pregnant and I just wanted her out and safe. And it seems yeah. like the best option. Um, and then ever since then, um, I was given the option and it was quite selfish of me um, to go with the option of the C-section. In hindsight, now I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I, was, uh, I wanted to know when my children were being born. It was a selfish reason. That's why. Yeah. So have more. just have some more. Um, I'm not having any more children. <laughs> I'll just tell you that from now. I have four, and that is four. four <laughs> in Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so I've never actually given birth. I've laboured, but never given birth. Yeah, it's not something you can describe, is it? And I, 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 when I was pregnant, I was like trying to get people to try mm. to tell me, and like, is it like this? Is it a bit like that, or is it comparable to that? And yeah, it's just. And I suppose everyone. Yeah and on a different mm. level so. yeah and I thought it was absolutely vile and just it just goes on a little bit longer than you think you can imagine that you can bear yeah. so you're like okay this has to stop right now and then it will just nudge forward for like a nanosecond and you're like oh you bastard it's the loss of control isn't it you've got no control yeah which I sort of enjoyed that part of it especially because I was fortunate enough to um experience the fetal ejection reflex oh okay so I didn't have to do any pushing of any sort really just, yeah wow. my boys held themselves out of me like like if you're vomiting or if you have diarrhea it was like that and it felt so strange because is that common with a multiple birth um I'm not sure actually I think it's more common when you're not in the industrial birth system ah, so like okay. your home birth or three free birth I think you're most yeah. like more likely to get it but yeah I don't, I'm not sure it'd be interesting to look at mm. you know when when that fetal ejection reflex mm. most often kicks in but it was bizarre because you're like in my head I was going 
like please don't please don't I'm not ready I'm not ready for that and yeah you, yeah you just had no control yeah, yeah. absolutely nothing you're like just out, you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> out of the equation <laughs> so would you say you're like when when would your ideal client approach you are they already pregnant or do you do preconception stuff is there a, no, you get so it? it's not just pregnant ladies so my actual ideal client is mums that have already got children simply because um i'm qualified um for pre and postnatal um however my ideal clients just because of what i'm trying to help mums with is mums with children already because once you have a child that's when you sort of lose a piece of yourself that's when you sort of lose you lose that um and that's that it's all it's all right that you do because your children become first they become your everything but everything else around you seems to become before you as well not Mm. just your children I feel like everything else becomes before your own health and well-being as a mom once you become a mom like that's what I've experienced and with all the hundreds of women that I um help um it seems to be like a it's a common theme um so yeah my my ideal you know the 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 ladies that I tend to work with them mums already like they're not necessarily pregnant okay and where do you think that's come coming from do you think that's an actual like brain chemistry physiological thing it's all we've known so we're not it's not so from the moment that you're pregnant the focus is on the baby the baby the baby the baby the baby so annoying how you are nobody asks if you're doing okay and the minute that baby's born it's all about sorry okay wait a minute darling it's all about the baby and I think then we're all about the baby because we've got this baby that we want to make sure is okay so everything else becomes secondary to that and um we don't see it so I know growing up my mum never looked after herself all I ever saw my mum do was work and be a mum and clean the house and cook for dinner. So we don't see it. It's not, um, we're not, we don't speak about it. Um, so that's why it's not, it's not normal. Mm. It's not normal, but it should be. It should be normal, but not necessarily put yourself first because as a mum, you wouldn't put, you know, your, ch- your children are always going to become before you. But don't run yourself into the ground. Like you've got yeah. to, you've got to prioritize your health and well-being, and I think that's where we fall as a society. It's not not promoted. Not promoted. Yeah. Now that you've said that, I have a similar experience of watching my mum parent, and I'm thinking it's quite revolutionary, really, what you're saying and what the yeah. work you're proposing. Because how would our society look if all children had seen that modelled of yeah. like? Our mum's just being like, nope, can't today. I need to go and do X or, or I'm going to prioritise. Yeah, myself. or just thinking, right, okay, I'm going to get off 20 minutes earlier and do something that's going to benefit me for 15 minutes in the morning. It hasn't got to be a massive thing. It hasn't got to be huge. And I'm not just talking about going to get your nails done or going to the hairdressers. Like, that's something you do, you know, most women do anyway. I'm talking about doing something that is going to benefit your mental health. 
that's going to help you <clears throat> as a mother interesting yeah I think that would actually like transform our society wouldn't it yeah and not only that and just going for what you want in life I think I feel like when we become a mom we our dreams are lost our needs are lost and if you're if I saw my mom do that you going back to what I said earlier as a young child you mimic what you see so if you see your mother you know exercising eating healthily following her dreams then you're more likely to do it yourself because it becomes Absolutely. a norm yeah totally it like my I'm always really envious of like women and girls that I see that they're like oh my mum's a journalist or my mum's a artist and then they just have that entitled sense of like and I'm going to do something big with my life because yeah yeah, that's what they've seen and that's what happens because the mindset around them is that anything is possible Mm. that's because that's the mindset around them it's like rich people people that are born into rich families become rich because money is not hard to come by not necessarily Mm. that they're given money but if you're born into a family where you have very high flying parents, chances are that child's going to be high flying because it's within reach. It's not something that's hard to gain. So I'm from a, a working class family. My nan was working class. My mum was working class. So my um, take on life is that you have to work hard for what you want. In reality, that's wrong. You can have whatever you want. <clears throat> as long as you believe you can have it yeah that's all oh it down it just makes me so worried that we're, we're at a huge disadvantage for not seeing certain things you know but it's never it's never too late to change okay. like I'm 36 now I didn't start thinking this way until I was 31 you know it's never too late never too late so do you do you what how do you feel about visualizations do you hold much stock with them massive yeah yeah Yeah, massive visualization is massive and going back to exercise exercise is something that you subconsciously use visualization for um because when you're pushing yourself in that gym or you know you've got to go an extra two minutes on that treadmill you've got to visualize yourself finishing that workout Mm. in order to finish it visualization is mm. massive i've used visualization and i still do now um you know for everything from manifesting to visualizing my day going well to change my mood you know visualization is huge okay that's really cool i've not really i don't know i'm always reluctant to start i think maybe i have this wrong perception that like you have to sit quietly and like get into a meditative state but I guess you can just visualize as you're walking you around Tesco you yeah work. you can visualize visualization is basically just seeing something how you want it to be mm-hmm. you don't have to light candles and meditate yeah. I mean that's how I, I visualize yeah that's, but that's because I'm I do try and take you know make meditation a regulation a regular practice mm-hmm. um but visualization could be just that on your sofa two minutes thinking about something but not only thinking about it knowing it knowing this is how things are going to be 
and then feeling it as well you know what's it going to taste like what's it going to smell like what's my Mm. heart going to feel like when that when I get it yeah it's all down to the feelings um another one another person that um Abraham hit oh my god yes how did we forget Abraham I know (laughs) yeah so the 17 steps to a better feeling Visualization. Oh, is that an Abraham Hicks? Yeah. Is that a video or a book? It's it's a theory. So oh, okay. if you YouTube it, um, Abraham Hicks states that you're basically 17 steps. Um, so let's say, talking earlier about being in a low mood, your vibration will be higher if you're angry than it is when you're low so although you're still in a negative feeling being mm-hmm. angry has a higher vibration than it does if you feel depressed oh right so these 17 steps 17 are steps the kind of feeling your vibration yeah so your vibration off each feeling so when you feel i don't know euphoric your vibration is going to be up here but when you're feeling depressed your vibration is going to be here you could feel jealous and your vibration is going to be here um you could feel sad and you do you know what i mean there's levels of vibration you don't have to be happy or sad there's a lot of things in between that can get you there um but yeah yeah it's interesting you mentioned anger actually because i think i have a tendency to i'm i'm quite i'm i'm quite quick to anger but I think a lot of the time it's masking sadness, yeah. which makes sense with the Abraham Hicks thing. Because for me, sadness is like pathetic, weak, useless. Whereas anger is a bit more generative. Yeah. It's got, it seems to have a bit more opportunity to get elsewhere. It's got action behind it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know how healthy that is to not really feel my sadness. A lot. I think sometimes it's easier to let, the, let it pass if you feel. Sometimes you have to feel to let it go. Mm. Otherwise, you're on this sort of, you know, wheel of feeling it. I'm sad, so I don't want to feel sad, so I'm going to get angry. And in reality, you've not really fixed what's Mm. there. So this underlying sadness is still there to be worked through. Yeah, still there. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to look up those 17 steps. Yeah, look it up. Is it Abraham Hicks? Yeah. It yeah. is, it is Abraham Hicks, yeah. Yeah, no, I have heard about that in some of the videos, actually, but I didn't know there were 17. Because mm. um, I'm a charter, a um, menstrual cycle awareness person. Oh, okay. And I, um, I do struggle with the, like, so I do little dis- descriptors for each day so I can see, oh, you know, I was sad today, but it is, I am premenstrual, so maybe that's why. Yeah, but I yeah. do struggle to come up with the, the words. because yeah, How you I've, feel like happy yeah like naming how you feel yeah yeah there's like i mean we're talking like from guilt um to pleasure to jealousy to every sort of emotion you could feel is on this this um these steps and each one has a higher vibration i mean some you're not going to feel you can't force yourself to feel jealous can you it's not a feeling that you just oh i'm going to feel jealous it's some that's a triggered emotion but Mm -hmm. There are getting yourself from a, a, into a better feeling state is is possible. You don't have to go from being sad to happy. 
Yeah, because we um we attract whatever vibration we're at, don't mm. we? So if you're moaning about, oh, you know, why is this person annoying me? You're gonna it's get because more of it. you've got that same vibration and you've yeah. drawn them to yourself. So yeah, you must yeah. be annoying yourself, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Because um, I've looked at, there's like a little emotion wheel that I have yeah. to try it. Because sometimes when I'm just like, oh, you're going to write sad again. So I look at the emotion wheel and try to find something a bit more other, um, option it might be. Yeah, I find that really helpful. Yeah. So if a woman could do only three things to improve her mindset, what should they be and why? So I looked at this question and I kept looking at it and I kept thinking like what, so I think the first one is uh, self-worth. That is the first thing that we need to look at as women. Um, women are not, have not, you know, had a good ride at all. Like not just us, not just our generation before us way, way back. So women, you know, are now born with a low self, you know, a lower self-worth than men um it's just the way it is so self-worth is definitely something that we need to look at um at wise um self-belief as well is something else that I think we have to look at and um stepping out of your comfort zone so until you do something for the first time you're going to always think you can't do it yeah Brilliant. Yeah, it's so true. Like I always think about when I was learning to drive mm. and I remember the first few lessons, I was literally like, no, nah, not going to happen. It's, there's yeah. too much to do. Like I can't coordinate my hands and body and mind to do it all at the right time for this vehicle yeah. to stay. Igno- and now you just, you know, I'm nature, isn't it? daydreaming about what I'm going to eat tonight. Yeah, I'm wondering so, how you actually yeah, got on the where you were. Yeah, like, hang on, like, did I go for a red light? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really true. But with, with regards to the self-worth and self-belief ones, it's sort of like a little bit of a um, catch-22 because if you've got low self-belief or self-worth and you don't believe in yourself, yeah, you need to do something to change that but then you don't think you can do that thing so that's you what I mean I think all no, three of them right. go hand in hand yeah so I think all three of them you have to focus on separately it doesn't matter which one you do first it will pull the other one along right I think those three things for me doesn't matter if you don't feel worthy or believe and if you just do it you will automatically yeah. then know yeah well I can do it I'm worthy of doing it and I believe we can do it. Well, I've just done it. So the belief just doesn't done it. Look, exist anymore. The proof. So, yeah. Exactly. So I think yeah, that's, so I guess it, for, for me, that's why it's those three. And it comes down to what your personality type, because some people are more action-based, so they'll just go and do it and ignore mm. the fear. Some people have to analyse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what personality type are you? Um, I'm not sure. I'm more into astrology. So I know that I'm a mutable sign. So we're the initiators. We get things started. Right. We don't necessarily finish anything ever, oh, which is okay. a problem. Okay. But we're, we're, you know, we've got that ignition yeah. fire. But yeah, I'm not sure about the rest. So as a colour, I know because I've looked into the personality colours, I'm a red personality which okay. is more of a doer I'm a doer I don't really think about things which is so good and bad 
Mm, good and bad though, because sometimes things need to be thought about at first. Um, <laughs> Just about it. Yeah, Take it <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my human design, I'm a motivator. Have you looked at human? Oh, okay, design? yeah. What's um? I'm a. I'm the most common one, and I was really upset about it. I'm the generator. I think that's the most a manifesting generator. No, a generator. No, just a generator. Yeah, generator, not the energy. Me too. Not a yeah, not a motivator. What am I on about? A generator. Yeah. Okay. So I'm that's about. Have you got a sacral or a what are they called? Sacral authority. Oh, I think I you just know the numbers. I'm not sure which one it is. Yeah. Are you going to reveal your numbers to us? Uh, I think I'm a five five three. Ooh, I don't know okay. what that. I'm not sure what that is. Like without looking at it, I, I'm a five. I know I'm a five five three. Okay, yeah, it's very complicated, isn't it? I'm very hoping complex, to, yeah. to speak with um, the design girl on Instagram soon oh, on this podcast. So that'll be good to eliminate some of that um, human design. Love it. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It. Oh, it makes so much it's sense good. when you look at it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely get into it. A lot clear. Um, what have we got here? Um, so I know you're very much a proponent of putting oneself first and that old adage, you can't fill from an empty cup. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the primary barrier to self-care and self-prioritisation? Um, like well, like I said earlier, as mums, we have this child, this baby that comes along and, you know, everything goes into them. And that then overspills into everything else. Um, and also lack of support. So, you know, we're not taught, we're not taught, we're not, it's not, you know, it's not shown to us. It's not, it's not, um, even, even down to not just mums, you know, just in general, when you go to work, it, you know, you're meant to work to get your job done and, people feel bad for having sick days and you know all of that mm. stuff and I just think but you need to be okay first like you yeah, can so societal cultural it's cultural isn't it I think there's this cultural thing with with moms and with women and but in general I think maybe across the whole board that you kind of seen a not weak but I don't know maybe yeah like presenteeism isn't it like yeah. you just struggle in just to struggle be there just better. to be like oh, yeah. you know I've done it and it's like yeah oh, no, but it's like this whole better, the hustle the hustle culture and yeah mm. I'm mm, yeah for what? But for what though like you know nothing is more important than life and your health and feeling good and especially as a mum because if you're not feeling good nobody else around you is going to feel good yeah and also you've brought this life in and so if you're not modelling how wonderful and beautiful and pleasant life can be, then, mm. you know, why, why have you even brought them along? Like, I, that's what I feel really bad about sometimes because um, as some of our listeners will know, I'm going for a um, battle with my firstborn son, Onyx, who has been taken from me. Um, and I'm sometimes just like, oh, my God, like, I, I, I mean, partly he chose to come in, of course, but I also was the vessel through which he came and I can't even protect him from like that that system and that horror yeah it's probably it's hard it's a hard subject it's a very hard subject but it's hard I mean I can't I've never I've never experienced 
what you're going through. My children were a bit older um, and they were with family. So it was a bit different. Right. They weren't in the system. And you're, uh, you're in a foreign country as well. Yeah, and I actually came here to flee the English hounding that I was getting and it's just mm. not worked out at all. Helped, not, yeah, not helped. No. I think, I think. I mean, I can't, like I say, what, no matter what I say, it's not coming from a place of experience. Um, but I think the only way forward is to just focus your energy on getting him back. Yeah, when you're talking about the visualization, visualization stuff, yeah. like I've recently been more had that had that as an opportunity as an option more. Like before, I would get on these dark, like oh, he's going to go into care or he's going to be adopted by some horrible family and they're going to like sexually abuse him his whole life and he's going to hate me and he's going to grow up to be a psychopath and a like and what like Abraham Hicks says, if you let that go. That you're telling the universe that that's yeah but, yeah but also rain you're a human being like you you're a mom and you're a human and you wouldn't be a human if you didn't feel these things yeah. like it's normal normal to feel like that of course it is you know you're gonna blame and it, you're a mom from the minute you gave birth to him you became responsible for every single thing that happened to him you would take you would take responsibility and you feel every guilt there is to feel about every single thing it's not it's normal for you to feel like that of course it is I mean you know but obviously the fact that you're now in a place where you can visualize shows how far you've come yeah and I don't know what changed really I think maybe just time passing because you know they can't keep him in an orphanage only letting me visit him three hours a month forever so Mm. at some point it's going to change yes it might change for the worst but it will change and I think that was the problem it was just like this stalemate stagnant of like what's going on and mm-hmm. now we have some future dates like there's a well there's supposed to be a court hearing in the UK on the February 10th however because Onyx was born in Jamaica and Onyx has a Jamaican passport they're not even sure that they can the local ah. authority in, in London who are who are the ones like directing all this all the proceedings they're not even sure if they have jurisdiction or can get jurisdiction or can demand okay. that Onyx comes back so for me that's a positive because yeah. I don't actually want to have to be dragged back to England to do a six-month court hearing yeah if I could get him back in Jamaica and just go on with my life that's that's yeah. my preference well then visualize that happening Yes, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you had, you have had separation from your children, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't sort of like... It wasn't, uh, no, it wasn't social service. I mean, social services were involved, but they didn't take control. Um, it was family, because I had quite um, a lot of family around at the time. Um, I was separated from them. Um I was kept away from them. Hindsight, I can see that it was for the better because I wasn't in, and I wasn't the mum that they knew either. And I think mm. if they'd have seen me that way more often, do you know what I mean? And I was unpredictable. It could have damaged the relationship. Yeah, and I was unpredictable as well. I was very unpredictable, you know. So in hindsight, it was for the best. 
in my my experience and I had there was a there was a there was a um element of control as well you know there because they were with family mm. it wasn't something that I had no control over all I had to do was just get better right you know and how so. is the relationship with with those family members now is it all fine yeah. yeah 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 all fine yeah all fine and how long were you separated uh, about three months so not long at all it wasn't well it felt like forever but it wasn't long yeah. at all and now I've got you know, more children so mm. yeah but this is yeah it's um why it's important to look after yourself as a mom absolutely and it's it's you're you're really fortunate that a you have a really like caring supportive family around Definitely. and b the services allowed them to do yeah what they wanted needed and wanted to do rather yeah. than because I think that's a lot of the problem it's like this ultra regulation ultra professionalization of everything and it you know they they they're not up to the job like children's services are so short-staffed and every time I'm talking to them by email or texting them it's like yeah. days weeks before they'll get back to me yeah, and, and also there is this, there's been so many failings within the system. Yeah. It's like there's now, um, not overkill, because that's the wrong word we're talking about kids, but every case is treated the same. Yeah, they go overboard. Overboard. That they, um, yeah. you know, they've done things that were negligent in the past. And that, but it seems like they always get the wrong ones, you know, it's yeah. like... People who are clearly doing wrong yeah, yeah. over and over again and have been seen by several different agencies yeah. still continue. And then people like me, who yeah. I, I've done nothing. Who just wanted, not, to do, wanted just the best, been, that's all. Yeah, I've just not yeah. been given an opportunity to do any parenting. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I don't know how we got onto my rambling. Okay. okay. So unprofessional. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Okay, it's been so lovely chatting to you. Any final thoughts for us? Uh, not really. I think I've said everything in this podcast. I can't believe we've talked for a whole hour. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like a full hour. Yeah. But no, I think all is just, con- just consider yourself as a human being too, uh, you know, as a mother. You know, just yeah, consider yourself still, just as important as those people around you. Yeah, you're still in there. You're, in fact, you're probably a bit more, a little bit, little bit more important. Yeah, <laughs> you need that. You know, you need that TRC for yourself as well. Yeah, because if we're looking at like the traditional, the more traditional roles, the mother is like, you know, the, the nucleus of mm. the home and the family. So she's the glue. You're not, yeah, the if like you're the not glue, great, then nobody else is going to be great. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. definitely. Um, all right. Thanks, Charles. It's been um, so great to chat to you. Yeah, you too. It's been really lovely. Thanks Thank for coming you for having on. me on. No worries. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.